This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is a Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me is Ricky Whitmer. What's up, what's up? And Dave Oster. Hey, buddy. I can't wait until that goes away. I, well, feel, like it's, I feel like it's on the decline. You guys saw because I emailed it to you guys. The, the newest member of What's Up, What's Up Nation, Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, but he's cool. He said it cool. He's yeah, not well, like, what's up, what's I up, can't say. I can't say what's up, what's up. He doesn't up. finger, finger yeah. on either. He's not like a fourth grade today. teacher, like going up into his like first day of class at school, like, what's up, what's up, kids? Hey, I'm hey, a cool guy. Hey, I'm not disagreeing. Stephen A is much cooler yeah, than I. Yeah, Stephen A was like, what's up, what's up? How's it going? And you're like, yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Stephen well, A Smith. It's Stephen A, but yeah. Stephen A, you're listening. Welcome to the nation. Well, he is. He is listening. Long time fan, Stephen A. Smith. We went to dinner with him last week. Welcome to the nation. He's a dear, dear friend of mine. Dear, dear friend, Stephen A. Smith. Stephen A. Smith, why are you shooting the ball in the last minute? <laughs> you know in the last three seconds of the game, LeBron James needs to have the ball in his hand. Shouldn't even have hands to have the ball in the fourth quarter. Got Jay Farrell's great. Anyways, let's get into this. We are talking about that that, that team. We're talking about the Miami mm-hmm. Heat. Uh, well, not that exact team because LeBron's off that yeah. team anyways. But we are going to be covering the Southeast Division in the Eastern Conference. We're going to be talking about... We're talking about those five teams in the Southeast Division, the very tight Southeast Division of last year. We'll be talking about what those teams did in the offseason, how that's going to benefit them in the whole Eastern Conference and in that division in general. So let's get into that. Let's talk about the number one seed from last year just by default because three teams tied for that number one seed in that division, Atlanta, Charlotte, and Miami. Let's talk about Miami real quick. Did you think they made enough moves to kind of take over for what they did lose in Joe Johnson, Lil Dang, and Dwayne Wade? Do you think they're in an okay footing right now in the Eastern Conference? It's hilarious that that's even a question. No. No, <laughs> they, they didn't do nearly enough, and I, I think this is the whole Pat Rowley thing where he's like, what am I going to set myself up for at the trade deadline at next year's offseason? Mm-hmm. Like, Pat Rowley is all about playing for the future, and because this team has the biggest question mark in the league right now and Chris Bosh, we don't know if he's going to be medically cleared to play. We don't know his condition. He wants to play. He's ready to go. But, look, if it's not the best for his health to do it, they're not going to let him on the court. Yeah, and, and with that Bosch injury, we'll get into it a little bit later as well. We've covered it a little bit before. But it's just a scary thing because even if he does come back and play, we don't know when that you know when that uh, disorder or that, that health condition will come back because it's not a foregone conclusion that he'll never have a blood, blood clot again like that or because he's already had two already. So mm-hmm. we don't know the, the actual career or status of Chris Bosch's, Bosch's career. And that's obviously going to be – detrimental because he is one of the top power forwards in the NBA uh with Dwayne Wade leaving do you think that's going to affect them that much or do you think they did enough with like having Tyler Johnson there having you mean you mean overpaying well, for Tyler Johnson okay I'm trying to seven give the team some three, credit here wait, seven games three games how many did he play last he's, year he's sta- not he enough started not enough uh, he played multiple I, games he only started like six still not enough games started to overpay for the I like I get it he's a he's a kid he's got potential but to get that kind of a money, I know we were dealing with funny money this offseason, but it's funny like money. it's like, come on. Like and with the Bosch thing that is interesting is like I know you said we'll get into it, but it's one of those things where he wants to play, the heater, like you have the health issue in general, but then there's also that outside where Dave, you mentioned Pat Riley. There's also could be that puppet master thing of, hey, you know what? We keep him out for X amount of games this season. We can just drop his money and then not have to worry about it against the cap. 
Tyler Johnson, real quick, he has started seven games in his career in the two years he has played five. Oh. In the last year, he played 24 minutes coming off the bench. But with Chris Bosh, you know, kind of possibly looking towards the future, do you think it's the Heat looking towards the future, but they're still a playoff team? Do you I think th- it's kind of that situation? I think with Bosh, like, because I'm looking at a report from earlier this week on CBS Sports where Bosh is frustrated with how the Heat are handling um, his health situation. And he's frustrated because. I know what the Heat are doing. Hey, we keep him out for X amount of games. We can drop him without taking a cap hit, which helps our future going into the next free agency kind of offseason with more free agents, more money, because we're going to get another boom where the Heat, like, and that's Pat Riley's job. We talked about it when D. Wade hit the market of, hey, he's not your friend. He's looking out for the best interest of the team. And that's just it. Chris Bosh, Pat Riley ain't your friend. Do you think Chris Bosh is a little worried about this more now that he, that how he saw Pat Riley handle the D Wade situation? I do, you would th- be. do you think that kind of factors yeah, I into would be. it? I, I think it turns in question loyalty and you know what you've done for me lately. And look, Dwayne Wade had one of the best playoff performances we've seen in a long time, and this is a guy pulling it in the way back machine. And still, no no question, it was just no, no, you're not worth that much money to me right now. So take a hike. Cool, yeah. and it's not just that. It's you look at D Wade. There's a reason why they called Miami. I mean, it's Wade County, but Wade County because of D Wade. And if I'm Chris Bosh, I'm looking. Wow, you're, that's the guy you drafted. Thought he was going to finish his career here. It has been here for ten years I, plus. Yeah. I was just the third guy you brought along on the big three. So how am I going to get traded? Yeah, that's yeah. what I'd be thinking. It was the tag along. Can can Hassan Whiteside be the star now if if Bosch doesn't come back? Because that's really he the big question. To the star, and I think he's mm-hmm. like but, monster numbers. But can he be a guy that takes him to the playoffs and kind of advances in the playoffs? Ooh, look, I, I think he's good, uh, and I only say think. I mean, we've seen him for two seasons now. He's performed really well, and actually statistically better when Chris Bosch isn't there. Mm-hmm. He he takes more control over the game. I think he and Dragic are a great one-two tandem. But it's really going to come into, is Justice Winslow going to continue to develop? Is Tyler Johnson going to live up to our hopes? Those are the two guys who are going to decide if this team is going to make a push for the playoffs or if they're going to be a bottom-of-the-barrel team with just Whiteside and Dragic, two-man team in it. Do you think bottom of the barrel is too strong? Do you think no. they're? Do you think they're going to? So you think their floor is like you know three to seven seed or like one of the last four teams in the East? I think probably one of the last five teams in the East. I'll give them five. I'd right. say probably. I'm the more we go through this, the more non-optimistic I am for this team. Like I could see them being one of the last four teams in the conference, but I wouldn't be surprised if they now enter that kind of NBA purgatory that we see the Bulls in right now of, you just missed the playoffs. But, yeah, you got a lottery pick, but it's 14th overall. But, again, this is assuming that Bosch isn't there. Yeah. Like If Bosch yeah. is there, this is a different team, mm-hmm. and they're, they definitely are in the running for a playoff spot. Not one of the top three, but... They got a chance in that, you know, seven eight. And with Bosch too, if if he does come back, they might pull the same thing they did with D Wade last year and not play him as much minutes. You know, maybe to to kind of keep off some health problems and, and kind of ease him back into yeah. into basketball shape. Because you know, with him being all out for I, I believe like the last twenty games of the season, and then missing the playoffs, we don't know really what shape he's been in, how much he's been able to work out, how much he's been able to stay in basketball shape. So there are a lot of question marks with the Miami Heat, but you know, there's not a lot of question marks of Pat Riley being a good. 
GM and Eric Spolstra being a good co- coach yeah. because we've both seen that. So maybe maybe this might be a layoff year or a down year for the Heat, but definitely in the future with you know big free agent classes, big money being spent around, uh, we know the Miami Heat will not be afraid to spend that. So we'll definitely see what the Heat. There's a lot of question marks, but yeah. I don't think we're afraid to. Uh, and hit with them. this whole division, like mm-hmm. there's no team in this division to me that's like that's the team. Like that's the team that's so? gonna. Well, I mean, overall, I kind of think like if I like divisions don't matter anymore in the NBA. No, but if they did, now I had to pick who was gonna be the number one team. I think it defaults to the Hawks just because. I mean, look at what the Heat lost. Yeah, the Hawks lose Horford, but they get uh, Dwight Howard. The Hornets lost things. What are the Wizards gonna do? The Magic are the Magic. Where it's you got to see what Frank Vogel can do. This could be to me the weakest division weakest group of teams maybe in the nba but definitely in the east you're thinking this is gonna be the weak division yeah, with, that's just with, with the 76ers and nets in the atlantic i mean i think this might be the most like not mediocre me- mediocre division but probably the division with the most parity yeah i think i think you could see a lot of teams because we saw it last year that's three top teams tied i mean they you know miami atlanta and charlotte all finished at 48 and 34 Washington was at 500 and and Orlando was kind of you know on a downswing they did they have 10 starters this year they do have 10 starters (laughs) quantity over quality here uh but looking looking at Atlanta do you think they're the 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 foregone outrunner I mean you said you said they were but they made some offseason switches like I think that's the nicest way to put it you you lose Horford you lose Teague and they're letting they're bringing in Dwight Howard and they're letting um oh god point guard Schroeder. Schroeder Thank you. Schroeder, step up. Uh, I mean, he split time pretty evenly. It looked like that was kind of a youth move because effectively mm-hmm. they played about the same Tegan Schroeder. So I, I don't have any issues with that. It's just a question of what Dwight Howard are we going to see? Is he going to be rejuvenated by coming back to Atlanta? If the fans embrace him, you're going to see a happy Dwight. You could see a lot more productivity out of him rather than when he was, you know, sitting there whining on the bench uh, in Houston. So. Honestly, I, I think that team is again lined up for another strong push. Well, the thing with Atlanta though is, and a thing with Dwight as well, because when when he was in Orlando, he kind of had a set kind of offense. He had a set kind of, uh, they had a set scheme going on in James Orlando. James Harden's bitch. He was James Harden's <laughs> bitch in, in Houston. And he was Kobe's bitch in, in in L.A. Where in Orlando it was all right, Dwight, you're sitting in the paint and you pass it out if if you're there. Buttonholzer kind of has that same offense, cool. at least in in the way of they have a set scheme. So maybe that will help him get some kind of structure there. Dave kind of hit it. Now I'm gonna say something, kind of a little rhyming thing. It might not make total sense, but just roll with me. You we you guys, usually do. Do you guys <laughs> have ever heard the line for those of you who are married? The oh well, you got a happy. Happy wife, happy life, kind of a thing. Yeah. Well, when you're th- dealing with Dwight, it's when you got a happy Dwight, your team's future looks bright. That's what it's going to be. Because when he's happy, everything else is going well. When he's not happy, that's when you get the chaos you had in Houston. Don't write kids' books. That's terrible. That's <laughs> <laughs> terrible. I, I was trying. I was trying. I'm, I'm hey, sitting you there gave thinking, it a try. Old I'm college like, try. I'm, I'm thinking like, oh, happy Dwight. I can't use life. Team looks bright. Dwight bright trying to see. Do. But that's the point. If he can be happy and you can like kind of bring out that light-spirited Dwight that we saw in Houston, cracking the jokes with the, Dwight, you got to shoot your free throws, Dwight, then you're going to be, everything's going to be A-OK. One thing I've kind of seen from Dennis Schroeder, and, and this is the move from from Teague to Schroeder, is Schroeder 
either wants it or he's very confident in himself. And that, that that can kind of bite him in the ass because we've seen Dwight work with guys like that. We saw, you know, we, we saw him with James Harden where James Harden knew he was the guy and he was able to back it up. Obviously, you know, being second second in MVP running uh, in 2014, 2015, we saw Kobe. I mean, he was Kobe. He's one of the best players of all time. So yeah. Kobe was able to back it up, not that year specifically. But when he worked with those guys, you know, he, he had to take second fiddle with Dennis Schroeder. I mean, you know, he's not going to want to take second fiddle to Dennis Schroeder, and I don't think he, he's going to. But the thing with Schroeder is Schroeder might think he is that good or, or be able to take that starting role and think he is better than he is. So I think that might be some problem that Buttonholzer might have to deal with is, you know, Schroeder has, has kind of said, like, I want this. You know, I'm better than T. Give me the give me the starting position. I want to be starting. And he might not be able to back it up because we haven't really seen him. You know, he put up similar numbers to Teague, but then again, they had Teague to rely on and Schroeder to rely on. Schroeder wasn't starting, so he was going up against more second units here. But still, we don't we haven't really seen Schroeder in a full season as a point guard. So if he's not able to back that up there and still have this confidence where he's like, you know, he, he might not be able to work it into this offense, work it in this scheme, I think that might hurt them a bit. And plus, you got to worry about Paul Millsap too because Dwight really hasn't played with a guy like Paul Millsap where Paul Millsap is at the top of his game. He hasn't played with another big man who is like that, like, you know, in one of the top tiers. So I think that might be something that really holds back Atlanta. Plus, they're known for shooters. And, you know, Kent Bazemore isn't the greatest shooter. Kyle Korver can only shoot, but Kyle Korver is also He's come back to reality downswing. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, they did bring in Jarrett Jack, and Jarrett Jack can give you he, he's a very good distributor and a decent shooter still uh better role player at this point yeah in his if he career. can come back stay healthy right so look i honestly think i mean yeah you're gonna have two bigs down low it'll be balanced uh as far as that's concerned but you're right ken Bazemore needs to step it up with the shooting i'm honestly kind of edging towards i want to see what touring prince kind of brings to this team yeah i was very excited about them drafting him i want to see his fit on this team but Look, they still they still check all the boxes. Mm-hmm. They're a very well run organization. They've got a balanced spread of talent on this team. Great and coach. They, great coach. Yeah. And I think to me, when you you bring up Prince, and I'm even going to throw Bembry in there too. When it comes to those guys, they're going to be. I think their kind of role on this team at first is going to be a defensive one because when we were looking at the draft, two of the things that were on both of these guys was. Prince was, everyone's like, oh, he's a versatile defender. Bembry, he's a guy that, oh, he can play the three, but he can defend a two. He can defend a three. He can defend a four. Those guys may come in, and it's like, okay, you got to help us up defensively. So we got Kyle Korver out there. He'll just kick his leg up and cower in fear. Yeah. Kyle Korver's not a defender. He's not going to give the old Kurt Heinrich bear hug. Korver <laughs> used to try a little harder at defense. I'll used put that to. way. Yeah. Used to. Uh, he's, he's a fence post now. But anyways, I, with, the, with the Hawks, I, I think I agree with you that if, if you had to take a team and say, I have the most confidence in this team because of the moves they made to, to kind of relapse what they did lose mm-hmm. in the offseason and what they have been doing for the past couple of years, I would say they, they are the favorite, but I, I wouldn't say they're a favorite by a long shot because if you look at Charlotte, Lost some pieces in the offseason. They lost Al Jefferson. They they signed Nicholas Batum, kind of a, a pricey contract, but we did not a bad contract in relative to some contracts we did see because Nicholas Batum is still still mm-hmm. a very good player. Yeah. Uh, but looking at Charlotte, do you think they have enough to kind of take over? Because we were kind of well, we're saying the Hawks are the favorite, but do you think the, the Hornets can take over? It's their backcourt that's fine. Like Walker and Batum, I'm fine with. That's, that's a solid. Even Gilchrist as well. Well, well, MKG, that's, that's the, the, the thing. That's the healthy. thing. Well, and that's the question marks I was going to get to. There's two of them. One is MKG, and can he stay healthy? Because like we talked about last week. When we looked at the small forwards, Dave, you brought it up. He's got to stay healthy. Yeah. He only played seven games, five games, whatever it was. 
And then it's you look at their their front court: Hibbert, Hawes, Zeller, Kaminsky, Marvin Williams, Dave's favorite player. <laughs> it's what are you going to do with this hosh posh of five players? Between two positions. See, but the one problem is they don't have an Orlando problem where it's like they have guys who can be starters. They have guys who kind of have a role. Like Roy Hibbert. Hashtag got, quantity over quality. Yeah. yeah. Roy, Roy Hibbert on the downturn of his, you know, and that same Roy Hibbert we saw in Indiana. Most likely going to be a backup. Frank Kaminsky isn't that guy who's ready to take a starting role but yet. But I want him to be. But, but he's a good role player. Marvin Williams is a good uh, starter for the moment. If he can get his three-point percentage up and, and kind of be that stretch four, that would be good. Uh, you, know, th- you know, that would definitely benefit this team. You know, maybe you see Roy Hibbert start for them at center because you lost Al Jefferson, but and if Roy Hibbert can average around 1.2 blocks a game, 1.5 blocks a game, I mean, that's definitely going to be well, the thing you need is defense in the think, middle. What I think we'll see from that front court, especially early on, is exactly what you kind of see with the depth chart of, okay, Williams and Zeller kind of play together, and then matching up that Frank the Tank with Roy Hibbert, because the thing that helped Frank out last year was when he was playing with Al Jefferson, Jefferson could kind of stay in the paint. And that let Frank kind of go out to the three-point line because that's what he likes to do. He's kind of like, can he play the five? Yeah, but he's a stretch. He goes out, he hits those threes, and he can shoot from range. Yeah, I mean, he, he's like an early, and I don't take this too strongly, he's an earlier version of like Al Horford. Like mm-hmm. that, that is where he would like to be in his career. And unfortunately, Horford got stuck in the five role, and that, takes, that, that puts punishment on you. Kaminsky's got the liberty to play with dedicated bigs at the five, so he's going to enjoy that time as a stretch, and I hope he just continues to grow. And with Charlotte, they did downgrade some pieces because you lost Courtney Lee, and then you had to bring yeah. in Marco Bellinelli to kind of fill that, that same role. That was just a shit move. Awful no offense, move. just, just pure shit. That was one of the worst uh, draft day decisions besides uh, your Papa Giannis. Oh, without Papa, Giannis. <laughs> Papa Giannis is the worst decision. Uh, but you can you can still see they still got scale like that. yeah. I mean, you traded Marco Bellinelli for Malachi Richardson, mm-hmm. and Malachi Richardson can be a scorer and might he be was able one to of the be guys a, you liked, and yeah. might be able to be a, a good defender just with mm-hmm. his length. Marco Bellinelli, he's a good scorer. We, we know what it is. Not he, a bad he can contract. be clutch at times too. Yeah, but, but and it's, it's not, not worth. And, and he's he's not a downturn Jeremy as well. Jeremy Lamb already. Yeah, it's like what's the need? Jeremy Lamb started off the season good and kind of fell off a bit. But I understand. If you can keep that up consistently, yeah, I, I would take saying. a rookie over Bellinelli. I would too, and that, and that's the one thing I think they downgraded some pieces, and, I, and and but I don't think they downgraded to where they're not a playoff team anymore. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I mean, Kemba and Batum can light it up, and the, and their backcourt, and that's really how this team's going to run. And it, I think the question mark at small forward. And the mystery box at center, but that's it. I think they're banking on Marvin Williams kind of stepping up and, and, and showing that he can be a stretch four because then you'll be able to have Kemba work off of that and he'll be able to drive to the basket more. You'll be able to have Marvin Williams who could stand out near the three-point line. You could have Batum who could stand out there as well. You could have Kaminsky if he's playing the five to stand near on one of the elbows because Kaminsky can shoot. You could even have Kid Gilchrist who can kind of cut on the opposite side of that lane and kind of work off of that. So I think there's a lot of options here for the Hornets. And I just think it's about putting those pieces together and kind of making them worse because or making them work. Uh, <laughs> I think I think that their team did get a little worse in the offseason, but I don't think they got to a point where they're out of playoff contention. Well, and that's the thing with all these top teams they that got we worse. saw from the Southeast. Yeah. They all got worse. And I mean, the Hawks were the one where I think we got the most confidence, all three of us. But Dave mentioned it with the Heat where he sees it like, oh, they could be bottom four, but maybe seven, eight. I see the same thing with the Hornets, and it's one of those things. Could we see one of those, one of these two teams, Heat and Hornets, fall out, open the door for somebody else? I think the Heat are probably in in that place where they could fall out just because of how many question marks there are. Because with the Hornets, they did get worse, like I said, but I don't think they got to a point where they're 
like a, a bad team now. I think I think they just downgraded their. But pieces they don't got Jay Lynn no more. They yeah. do. They don't <laughs> got Jay Lynn. Well, that doesn't he make them net- playoff energy. Yeah, but the Nets don't make the Mets aren't a play, the Nets the aren't Mets. A, the Mets the Nets aren't a playoff team with Jay Lynn. The thing though is you know if we're talking about leaving the door open, I think that does leave the door open for the Wizards because they didn't have Bradley Beal for most of that season. You know they're getting Bradley Beal back. If he can stay healthy, we know how good of a shooter he can be. You know averaging around seventeen when he was playing. But is the relationship kind of uh, I don't want to say troubles, but the I, the kind of rockiness that we're seeing between John Wall and Beal is that going to play into something though? I don't buy that as much because the the direct quote I believe, and I think you have it. Yeah, I got up right the now. John Wall said it. It's I think a lot of times we have a tendency to dislike each other on the court. We got to be able to put that aside. If you miss somebody on one play and don't have to go right, as long as you come back each other and talk. And he even said, like, you know, I want to be an all-star as much as you want to be an all-star. He's like, I I may disagree with you on the court, but I put it aside. It's one of those things with me. Yeah, John Wall might think like that. Bradley Beal comes out and says, we're two alphas. Yeah, it's the total different side. See, but I don't think this is like a thing where it's KD and uh, I think it is. I think it is. But the thing is, is one's John Wall and one's Bradley Beal. One can stay healthy and one's an all-star. You know, uh, one, one can't, can stay one healthy. Can't, one can't Russ, stay healthy. I'm sorry, and one, one can't in KD. Well, the thing is, though, is with John Wall. John Wall is an All Star. He's a top five point guard. And with Bradley Beal, it's well, can this guy ever stay on the court? And I think with Bradley Beal, if you look at him, he doesn't have that same mental. He wants to have that same mentality. I think he it's kind of that Schroeder that thing. Lot, yeah, yeah. I think it's kind of that Schroeder thing. Teague backed it up. Teague was an All Star. Schroeder wants it. You know, John Wall's been an All Star. John Wall's been was a number one pick for a reason. Beal wants that, and I think I think that the thing that Wall said was it's sometimes we have a tendency to disagree, and, and I think that that tendency can kind of be used to their advantage with a competitive nature is is if they have the right coach. And obviously, we know that in Scotty Brooks, they don't have the right <laughs> coach. Say, we were just talking about this comparison, and we got two guys who both want to be the elf on a team. Well, who didn't manage that so well? Scotty Brooks. Scotty Brooks. Yeah, it's a little disappointing, but again. It, Honestly, from watching them play on the court together in their limited time together, I think they were fine. I don't. I think this is more of a media's looking for an offseason story to well, blow up. The only the only thing that I mean, it's not when I say concerns me. I'm not saying like blow yeah. it out of the water concern, but when John Wall makes the comment about how you know you got your money, you don't have to go out there and act like you've got something to prove. Basically, to me, I'm reading in is that is. Fucking put the team first, man. It, I want yeah. you to be good just as I want to be good. As long as we're winning games, we'll be happy. And I think Bradley Beal right now may be a little jealous of John Wall. I would actually disagree there because Bradley Beal is making more money than John Wall is. Well, John, I'm not, Bradley but I'm not saying contract. from the money part. But, but respect-wise, I think everybody knows. If everybody we're putting the two John together, Wall. who are we saying? But, I'll open up to the commenters. Who would you say is better? We're all saying John Wall. Well, NBA players, though, also do are kind of like, well, how much money are you making, boy? Like, it's kind of yeah. it's kind of that, that mentality where, you know, you can say you're the better player, but I'm making more money than mm-hmm. you. It kind of shows my value more than you because I'm getting paid more. I can have I can buy more things. I can I can rub my bank account in your face. I think then do you think that was maybe John Wall throwing a jab? Like, hey, you're making more money, but look, I'm on the court. I, th- I think I'm it was court. I think it was more like, I want you to be an all star too. It's like, you know, I'll get my paycheck soon. Don't worry, because I'm an all star and mm-hmm. I can make make yeah. it on there. I, I think though, I don't think it's that big of a worry because I think I think they can use it as a competitive nature. And I think John Wall is a professional enough to deal with it. And I'm not saying that Bradley Beal isn't as professional. I'm not saying that he can't slightly be slightly more mature though, from what we can see. Yeah, already. John John Wall is slightly more mature. I mean, he, he dealt with. 
uh, he, he dealt with being the pressure of being a number one pick overall. He's been in the playoffs before. He, he does have that maturity. He does have that age over Bradley Beal. I think with the Wizards, it's more of can he, Beal stay healthy. And I think that's what we we're kind of alluding to is if Beal can stay healthy, then you have one of the most dynamic backcourts in the NBA. You kind of saw that with mm-hmm. Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. I'm not saying they'll be as good as them because, you know, Dame you know, and Wall are similar, but McCollum showed that he can be a fantastic scorer. You know, Beal has shown that shooting side, but can he, you know, again, can he stay healthy? I think, I think they can be in that range of a CJ and, and Dame. Do you think that's enough to carry them, though? Honestly, I do because, look, they don't have as much to carry. Like, I'm sorry, Dame had a lot of dead weight on that team. Mm-hmm. No offense to the rest of that roster, but this Washington Wizards, as much shit as I want to give, you know, oh, it's a Morris and Gortat. You know, Gortat was their second best player last year. Gortat had a decent season. Got to be given the Morris love to Mar- the Martin Gortat. Martin Gortat. Uh, <laughs> and then Otto Porter, I hope he continues to grow because, look. Play some defense. Well, that would that'd be wonderful <laughs> if he didn't just stand there and break ankles. When, you're, when your controller dies while we'll you're playing. We'll break his own ankles. Yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ. Uh, no, but I, I, I think he continues to grow. And I think that, look, with the veteran, ba- veteran front court of having Gortat and Morris, they're set there. They don't really have a lot of question marks. The bench depth, uh, I would like there to be a little better, but honestly, it's not bad. Their real answer to success is, can John Wall and Bradley Beal be on the court at the same time? If yes, they're on the playoffs. Yeah, and I kind of agree with that, especially with what we've seen with the decline. Well, I'm not going to say decline. We haven't seen them play, but the moves in the optimism that we're seeing from us for the Heat and yeah. Hornets, the only thing I worry, like this season, I think they'll be fine. For me, it's future seasons and I think that the Wizards as I don't know if it's front office if it's Scotty Brooks that's got to look at it if it's Wall and Beal that have to be on kind of alert for it you got to look at hey we saw what happened in OKC what do we do now to make sure that doesn't happen because this situation is similar but it's kind of weird because each kind of takes on a different part where the maturity level of it I see Beal is Russ, Wall is KD, but from the injury side of it, it's switched. Well, John Wall's on the court and Beal's I, not. I don't think the, the injury play that much in the, in the actual comparison of that. No, I think it's, the, I think it's the more the head stuff. I think it's more John Wall might get sick of like if this team doesn't make the playoffs in the next two years and when his contract does run out, I think he's definitely going to pursue that because you're telling me John Wall wasn't promised that mm-hmm. KD was going to show up and be his saving grace. No, because I can guarantee you that's what Scotty Brooks was telling or, him the entire time. Or it may for me, I may look at if they don't make the playoffs, he gets that. End of the contract. You know what? You want to be an alpha dog? Fine. Fuck it. Be the alpha dog. I'll go somewhere that, else. That's what. Yeah. yeah that's exactly what, what I'm thinking. I, I think. I think that we can definitely see a move from of John Wall leaving Washington mm-hmm. because if he if he gets sick of not making the playoffs, I mean, KD got sick of not winning a championship. Mm-hmm. John Wall hasn't been to the playoffs that much. News break. News flash. There. Washington hasn't hasn't been that good in the past years that John Wall has been in Washington. So I mean, if you look at this. I mean, I think John Wall, as a competitive as competitive as he is, and and how he kind of does have that mentality that does want to prove that he was worth that number one overall pick. I think that we might, you know, if the Wizards don't get their act together and don't start making the playoffs, I think that we definitely might be seeing the the end of Wall in Washington. So for the kids at home that are like, well, what off season that yeah. would be? Twenty nineteen. That's when we're looking at that Not discussion. Far away. Not far away at all. We'll definitely Three see seasons. what happens. 
hey, that, that means uh, Wade will be gone. Rondo will be gone. Jimmy might be Bring gone. Bring him to the Bulls. Bring him to the Bulls. There we go. We got our first Bulls reference yep. in the Southeast. Uh, anyways, uh, final team here in the Southeast. It's the Orlando Magic. The deepest team. The deepest team. Do we have to? Uh, we better because we uh, we, we're still getting comments on that, that Bismack Biombo signing. Oh, dude, Bismack Biombo, best, I, best center, best pet, whatever he plays, he's the best in the league, man. Please, please don't disrespect the Magic. Dude, dude don't disrespect ten, the Magic. 10 rebounds in the playoffs, man, but he can only do it in the playoffs. He had 26. What, fine, 26 even in better. one game. Even yeah, better. So, I mean, he kind of beasted that yeah, game. Yeah, <laughs> one hit wonder there. Uh, I think people people know my opinion on the Magic, if, if you did see the Sean, uh, off-season moves. I, I don't I don't remember you talking about the Magic at all. Like I just I feel like you, you never talk Magic. I like my heart. You, you've been in the middle of the road, I feel. I, I feel like, like, like you haven't leaned one way or the other. I like my heart rate where, where it is right now. Um, but yeah, you know, if you look at the Magic, they're very deep. Deep team. Hashtag, deep. hashtag quantity over quality. Hashtag quantity over quality. They're a deep team. Uh, they got Jeff Green, Aaron Gordon, Serge Ibaka, Nikola Vucevic, Bismack Biyombo, and Steven Zimmerman Jr. So, I mean, you have about six or seven guys there who can play small forward, power forward, and center. And you have so many guys at power forward who you need to move a small a power forward to the small forward and Aaron Gordon. I mean, Aaron Gordon is going to be the worst guy at stretching and spacing <laughs> the floor for a small forward that we'll see. I mean, is he fantastic? Does, does Hazonia take over for him though? I I would I wouldn't be surprised, but but then again, you have Aaron Gordon who has a lot of potential and a lot of athleticism just wasting away on your bench here. I mean, again, you know my opinion on the Magic here. Can they have a of, lot of depth here? Yes. Can they have a great second unit? Yes. Could it be a clusterfuck? Yes. It is a clusterfuck. <laughs> I mean, you have your center in Nikola Vucevic, who apparently can get you Draymond Green, Ben Simmons, and Clay Thompson in one package. Don't to forget that to new Orlando. Cadillac, that yeah, new car. New yeah. Cadillac, too, and cash mm-hmm. uh, from, from any team, apparently. Cash or cat? Both. Both. Let's just be safe and say both. Otherwise, it's not fair trade. Three team trade. One of them's just getting Vucevic. Everyone else is just sending them because you need to to add up that value, according to Magic fans. Uh, But yeah, you have Bismack, Biombo, Nikola Vucevic, Zimmerman, who probably won't even play that much. Mm -hmm. You draft a guy in the second round, you're not even going to start or get any playing time. You might average seven minutes. Yeah, Yeah, but he's a guy who was near the first round, at least from value wise. You got Jeff Green, who has been waiting for him to to kind of. Well, he's like. It's up great? and it's bottom. And it's, just, it's a roller coaster ride of like how many points he oh, scores a game, how much does he actually care? Not so much. Serge Ibaka apparently is a great three point shooter, but we haven't seen it yet. Aaron uh, Gordon, he's, he's solid. He's solid. He's a solid player and a great a, defender. People are saying he's he a, may be thirty years old, but he's a solid player and a great defender. People are saying he's a stretch four. That's a very he's a, he's a guy who <laughs> I can like shoot the threes maker time. style joke on a date. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. That, that, that's just dis- that's hashtag it's, disrespectful. It's so disrespectful. What, what I'm saying here with the Magic is is they have a lot of depth and they have a good coach. They need to find out who Can their starters are. Yes. That, that's my honest opinion. And that's Frank Vogel's see, job. It's going to take a while. That's his problem, I well, should say. Yeah, Frank Vogel's the right guy for this job, though. To be honest, I kind of like that pairing. He's gonna. We're going to see the most lineups. Like I did different too. Lineups was it, was it a pairing or was it... Hey, we got Frank. Let's just throw a bunch of shit at him and see what sticks. I, I like Frank Vogel in general, so bringing Frank Vogel yeah. into this kind of eases my pain a bit. So, like, on ESPN, their offseason grade was a C-. minus. I would give him a C+, because you got Frank Vogel. <laughs> but, like, the players you brought in, fuck no. You brought I, in Jody Meeks. Like, yeah. Jesus Christ, that's going to give you a good offseason. People are going to defend Jody Meeks now in the comments. Orlando, what I'm saying is, <laughs> what I'm saying is, is if you make the playoffs... Send thank you notes to to Frank Vogel because he will be the reason, not your players. It will be the the, the lineups that Frank Vogel now sets. They won't waste the penmanship on that. They'll just send hate letters to you. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> Sean That's told fine. you so. We told you we were the yeah. greatest thing. Told you, motherfucker. 
Mm. But no, I mean, look, the, he's going to sort through this mess. He's going to find some stars. They're going to have a shit ton of different lineups throughout the season. You're going to see but different But does that make a everybody. good team? No, but no. they will find a good team by the <laughs> no. end of the season. <laughs> How long are we waiting for the Orlando Magic here? I mean, like you said, no, Serge Ibaka is 35 years old. <laughs> he just keeps getting older. Shaq and Penny are coming back, He just man. keeps getting older. Shaq and Penny are going to come back. Orlando, oh it's uh, Orlando's a wait and see, but like that wait's going to be like three months mm-hmm. when the season yeah. starts. I mean, we're going to wait. Yeah, yeah. I, I look forward to seeing what they find at the end of the season. This will be an interesting lineup by that point. Orlando, I'm not saying you cannot make the playoffs. I'm not saying that you won't make the playoffs. I'm just saying... You kind of are. I'm, I will. I'll, I'll, I'll stand at I'm just box. saying that if you make the playoffs, Frank Vogel needs to parade in Orlando. And, and you, get, you throw enough parades already. I mean, just you throw do. one for Frank, Frank Vogel. Uh, let's let's just get real quick and then give, 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 give me your playoff teams from the Southeast Division before we wrap this up and go to power forwards. Uh... Hawks, Heat, or Hornets, and then with nah, Hawks, Heat, Hawks, Heat, yeah, Whoa. Hawks, Heat, there. Whoa, bold man. I'll leave it there, Dave. Atlanta, Washington. I'm gonna call it healthy Beal this year. I'm gonna go three teams again. I'm gonna I say almost I'm gonna, put Washington in. I'm gonna say Atlanta, Charlotte, and Washington. These are. I want to give it to Charlotte because MKG, but I just if I'm choosing between who's healthy this year, MKG or Bradley Beal, I'm switching. I'm, going BB. I'm switching. I'm going Hawks, Hornets. Fuck the heat. Guys, don't oh, worry. Heat. Guys, don't worry. This isn't our hold me to predictions. No, it's don't not. Worry. It's, this is, way, this is, it's way too early. It's way too yeah. early. Don't get offended if we don't say the Heat aren't making the playoffs. This is, again, you know, we're, we're in the time where we're not optimistic yet. Please be we offended got, if we say Orlando yes. isn't making the playoffs. Because <laughs> they're not. If you're an Orlando not. fan, yeah, you can write comments because don't, we don't care we about We understand you. what you're saying. Uh, yeah, we don't care about Orlando fans. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <God>. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to be mean to him, but I'm also just like that, that one guy who commented on this. back to reality. I'm, tr- I'm just trying to go after the, the people who were dicks to us. Just, just going to knock them down a peg. If you're an Orlando <laughs> fan and you have supported us, uh, we, we thank you. But if you're one of those assholes who comment on the Bismack Biombo thing and are completely delusional, uh, then yeah, no, I, I don't care about you. Uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say uh, Charlotte, Washington, and Atlanta. And the Washington one's kind of iffy. They'll make it They'll make it as an eight seed. Uh, but let's move on now to the power forward rankings. And we're going to do this a little bit differently. Real quick, we got to preference this like we always do because apparently it does not get through. Three we, times a charm. We well, are fourth times a charm. We are using basketball.realgm.com mm-hmm. for like these depth charts. across the yes. video, like huge, like <laughs> giant font. We are not saying these are the starters for this team. If you're offended by who is starting, write an email to realgm.com. Mm-hmm. We are not these people. We just people. need a baseline. That's yes. what we're using it as. We're using it as baseline. And if you do want to see our full 30 listing, Check out the d- link in the description. You'll see all 30 of us. Ricky puts it together, puts all the stats. It's all nice and lovely. Uh, but let's get into this. We're not going to go through every single one, so I'm sorry if you get offended by that. Uh, but we're going to talk Lots about more, fans this week. more of three topics uh, about these 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 uh, rankings, and then we'll talk about them. So out, out of the guys who are not in the top 10 right now, who do you think will be in the top 10 by the end of the season? And that's tough because oh, like you're like who's gonna be there by the end of the season? So now you're holding me to Jeff like, Green. <laughs> who is? Yeah, Jeff Green's turn. Well, no. Serge Ibaka started. Ibaka. I fucked. You're up. missing the most important one. <laughs> Al Farouk Amino, baby, gonna be in the top ten. Pencil it. That was a bad joke. That was a bad joke. Well, we all know it's not gonna be Ilya Sova. Let's be honest with ourselves. Well, yeah, there's that. There's <laughs> Give that. me a real answer. Who's gonna right. move into the top ten? Here? The, the the guy who has the easiest jump to the top ten, from what I see, is. Zach Randolph, because he's 11. <laughs> <laughs> That's evil, but not bad. Not bad. I, I, I was going to say Ja. Yeah. yeah. Ja, he, he's a offensive machine. He is polished in the low post. He's like 20 years old. Come on. I understand the hatred for the man, 
because he can't play defense. But even at not playing defense, he's still useful on the court. But is he a power forward? <laughs> Shh. We don't answer those questions See, here. The 76ers are kind of like in the process, Orlando Magic. Trust in real trust GM. In the, 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 the 76ers have an Orlando Magic problem, but it's not that worrisome because they're position. all young. Yeah, because they're all young. But like, still, you got to wait. Like, who is starting? They've got this four team? centers. No big deal, guys. We're just gonna line up. It's Ben Simmons and four centers. We like, got Dario. Dario can play power forward. Dario Ben's, may play. Ben Simmons can play power forward, but he's gonna be handling the ball. God, I forgot about Dario. Yep. Yeah, forgot he's coming over. There's yeah. about Holy five shit. guys who can start. Power forward for the for the for the 76ers. I I, I agree that so, in some points that that Jack can be because he's gonna be a twenty and ten likely. Can he though? Should there's be. so many guys that should be a twenty and ten. They could be because if Joel Embiid is like as good as his workout videos, like Joel Embiid's gonna walk in the league and drop like thirty. So mm-hmm. I don't know, probably not thirty. But still, it, it's the fact that they've got a lot of guys who they all want to see get the ball. So we know what Noel can do already which is great. He's a defense. He's a 10 and 10 player usually. And his defense is phenomenal. But again, I I, I think Ja is just going to continue getting better and his low post game is going to continue well, to get better. And, just, and, ooh. and here's the thing about, uh, this is kind of like my thing when I was kind of ranking these guys. We talked about last week with the small forward, Dave, you kind of called him a unicorn. Yeah, they're like snowflakes. They're like snowflakes. Everybody's special. Well, the they're thing about way. power forwards, it's like, okay, I kind of want to base it off the stretch four. But then you got a guy like Ja. You got a guy like LaMarcus Aldridge where it's like, they're not stretch fours. Yeah, like where do I? Freed, like, no, no not quite anymore. And you're sitting there going, well, do I penalize you for not being a stretch four? Do I put you where you're supposed to be? They're the ones that's hard to place. And that's the thing with Ja. I looked at him like, man, you're hitting over 50% of your shots. You 17 and a half points per game last season, at least seven rebounds, and at least a block. Pretty good for a rookie. Yeah. Pretty good for a rookie. And I mean... One of the things is, like you said, Dave, what's going to happen with the front court? Who's going to play where? He, You're right. He should be a 20-10 and 10 guy. Yeah. He should be. But to me, it's like, do we see maybe, like, if Chris Bosh doesn't play, if Dirk kind of, if he has a bad season, those are two guys that could fall out. Do we see a guy like Ryan Anderson come in because he's more of the stretch four mold and he has a better season in that regard? Well, that's, he fits on a team better. Mm-hmm. New year, right? Well, he's yeah, with that's, the, well, that's with the Rockets this year. That's what I was going to bring up is that he's going to be on the Rockets now and James Harden, apparently the greatest playmaker in NBA history if you look at our shooting guards. Yeah, uh, no respect, you motherfuckers. I have respect, respect James Harden. <laughs> I, I respect James Harden. I, it was a very close one-two right there. Hashtag right? no defense. But anyways. The man plays two positions on offense. But it counts. Anyways. With, with James Harden, he'll be able to find Ryan Anderson, who is very good and very efficient from three-point land. You have a lot of scorers on that team that they did bring in. So there's a lot of there's a lot of help there. And if that Rockets team can kind of bring back that magic, and with Mike D'Antoni, they could put up 150 points. They're yeah. not going to play any not defense. But, but I mean, you know, Ryan Anderson might be a 30-point scorer the way that you know, Houston's <laughs> going to be putting up points. Uh, but, yeah, I, th- I think Ryan Anderson has the easiest jump because if his team goes off the way they're supposed to, then that's just going to make him even better. That's going to make him look it, better. It turns him from a role player into a, you know, just a notch be below all-star. Exactly. Really. So, look, uh, he's got potential. The the two guys who I've got pencil in, who farthest jump to make, but they both have the potential to do it, both Julius Randle and Jabari Parker, two young guys. I was going to ask We agree about, podcast. We agree I was going to I was going to throw out Randle. Do you not necessarily will he make the top 10, but Right now, we got him outside the top 20. Yeah, he'll make how, it. How high does he go if He's we're looking at this going into next year? See, with Julius Randle, the reason why I have him so high is I think he has the third, or last year he had the third most double-doubles 
out of uh, power forwards. It might be fourth or something. I think he was behind AD and Draymond Green. He was phenomenal last year. And the thing that I want to see is how he fits into the Luke Walton offense because he might be able to fill that Draymond position. Because I think he turns into a mini Draymond. That's that's your hopes and dreams. A mini Draymond. And the the, the biggest problem for Julius Randle is his size and his lack of a shot because he's he's decent from 15 15 feet, but not great. A little little lower than that. Maybe maybe like 10. Yeah, but still, like Julius Randle, it won't be the best shooter. It won't be the Draymond part of stretching the floor, but I still think he'll be able to. That's the first thing I thought. You said, oh, mini Draymond. Oh, wait. He can't shoot. Lamar Odom. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, Lamar was decent from three. All right, maybe <laughs> we'll find somebody who's bad to, enough. I, he's got he, he's got a decent ability to, to facilitate. So I think that's the reason why we're saying that he won't have the yeah. shooting ability. But again, he's still young. So I think Julius Randle. That's the reason why because if that if that young Laker team will be able to pick up that Luke Walton offense, and you have guys like Brandon Ingram, mm-hmm. D. Russell, you have Jordan Clarkson, and then you have a guy like Julius Randle who can facilitate, rebound, you know, take those offensive rebounds and put them into points. I mean, that's going to be something that's so key for a team and that's going to increase his value i mean even if he's putting up 10 10 and 4 or something like that a team that you know the lakers were at the bottom of the league last year and move up a little bit in the western conference that's going to help them a bit and that's you know that's a lot to ask from that young laker team but if that happens you'll be able to see the improvement of julius Randle. you'll be able to see the 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 part that he plays into that team i think that's going to be the biggest thing for Julius Randle, and that's why I think he might be able to move up, maybe not top ten yet, but I think he'll be able to get into that fifteen range, and then that's then that's banking a lot, a lot, well, but de- still, yeah, it depends on how much buy-in he gets. Uh, again, it's it's a lot on Luke Walton and how this offense is going to work for him, because he could be, uh, in all honesty, he could be your best number two option on the team, like right now, and it depends on how well Brandon Ingram comes along, if Luol Deng is gonna. You know, where where does he pick off from last season? Is he going to be playoff Luol Deng? Is he going to be, like, mid-year Luol Deng? And you don't know. There's a pretty big mm-hmm. gap between the two of those and what he could contribute to the team. You know, we, we see him as a veteran guy, and I, I think he's going to help uh, Julius grow. So my expectations for Julius Randle is, you know, this year he's still the number two option on that team. I don't think Brandon Ingram's going to come in and take it from him yet. I think it'll be fun competition well, between the two Was he the number two, though? I mean, you had... Russell and you got Clarkson. I would say those. That's one too, right there. I, I feel like Clarkson just kind of defaulted to it because six man. It was hidden. Yeah. Swaggy P and that whole thing. I didn't want to go down that route. But on the other hand, Jabari Parker, that guy. Well, the thing that I want to say, we we usually bring efficiency into this a lot, and and if you look at his efficiency, I mean, yeah, is he shooting most of his baskets from you know five feet away? Yeah, but he's making those shots. I mean, he's it, from from the from the uh, ba- from inside the paint. He's shooting sixty two percent somehow from the left side, which is ridiculous. He took three hundred and twelve shots on the left side of the basket, and he took and he shot forty nine percent from the right side. I think totally shot around five hundred shots and was around fifty five percent from inside that that paint from inside that that circle right there. If he can get to that percentage and still stay around 50%, that's going to be a big improvement. I just want to see how he can, you know, stretch out that floor because he's going to be able to he's going to need to do that if Giannis does play that point forward position that we've been expecting we expect to play. him to and you yeah. know that's where he did thrive at last year so no I, I think Jabari has a ton of potential to grow this season because of the way that team's going to change with Giannis at the point we're going to see him step up and you know the hopefuls of Thunmaker and everything I think he's still going to get the majority of the time in there so look Jabari Parker can throw down. He's going to dominate and drive to the lane and end up at the free throw line a shit ton of times this year again. But if he picks up that free throw shot, that's going to add a lot of points to his game. Like that's 
that's one area I can see him easily improve on this offseason. And I think a lot of – we actually had a commentator talk about, you know, he's, he's trying to lose weight to become more athletic. Mm-hmm. It's all good signs from him, but it, he's not there yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think if he can get there and, and kind of put up what he did – in the last two months of the season, and if you and if you look at what he did in the last two months of the season, it was fantastic. And that's kind of when Giannis made that switch to the point forward position. Because if you look at March, 48% from the field, 40% from three, 78% from the free throw line, five rebounds, two assists, and one point one and a half steals, and had 17 points. And then in April, he kind of took that three-point percentage down, got to around 20, but yeah. then he had 49% from the field, had about 5.9 rebounds, went up to two assists a game, and then had 19.4 points. So if he can get around that area and stay in that area, I think he could definitely take a shot and Absolutely. move up. And someone was saying we're trashing the Bucks. We're not trashing the Bucks. I mean, Jabari Parker's a good player, but he hasn't lived up to that number two overall that he was taken at. And I believe that same commenter, Dave, that you talked about, at the end he goes, oh, they'll probably be nine or ten. That's where we pegged the Bucks. Yeah. Yeah. That's where we pegged them in past podcasts. Yeah. So I I think that with Jabari Parker, he'll be able to move up. But if someone moves up, someone's got to fall out. So who out of our top ten is kind of on that fringe of falling out. Isn't it Dirk and Bosch? Are they the main two? Well, is that your thoughts? Well, I mean, they're the... You tell me, Ricky. Well, yeah, to you me, tell I'm me. looking at the... We're having a discussion. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe, like, okay, Bosch if he doesn't play, Dirk if he has a down year, but I don't see it from Dirk, maybe a Derek Favors, and I know that... Oh, God. Whoa, 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 AD, I only got top Draymond. I mean, to me, it's the, then those are the only two, Bosch and Dirk, because Love ain't going anywhere unless yeah. he just falls off completely in Cleveland, which could happen. So maybe, and poor Zingas is Coach LeBron could choose not to pass the ball to him, and then all of a sudden, Coach, Kevin Love is Coach just LeBron. useless. Or when he does get the ball passed to him, he's not making his three-pointers where he's sitting in the no, corner. No, that's only I the hate, playoffs. It's I really do the hate that they turn him into a spot-up shooter. I, I do, mean, too. It's just it's a waste of his talent. He, he needs to get Make traded to K somewhere Make K-Love great again. Yes. Make K-Love great again. I, that's why I have him so high is because I know what K-Love can bring to the table, and that's why I think K-Love can, can, can you know be a top power forward. But the position he's in, I see him falling just because of that, just because— I think he's in, in the re- limited role on that team. In the regular season, he may not fall because they're going to rely on him because you know Bron's not going 100. percent Yeah, you know Bron's going to play like 60, 65 games probably. Yeah, and, and with K Love, he's going to be able to. He's going to need to rely on like once or twice, or mm-hmm. probably more than that in, in seasons. But yeah. in the postseason, he's not that important to that that Cavs offense. It's more Jr. was more important. I would argue in the playoffs than K Love was. So minus I, that one offensive possession where he he, he just played lockdown defense. Yeah, well, I should say defense. Well, he was side. also yeah. great in that last game rebound. Too, yeah. Even under the basket, so I think Caleb Caleb has the talent to stay in the top ten, but I think his performance and really no, no fault of his own, but I think his performance might take him out. Dirk again, he's he might lose How the battle. Can he keep doing this? He might lose the battle to age sometime, but yeah. right now he's not. I mean, he he was the second highest scoring power forward, shooting still effectively. I think he was around thirty six percent from three, which you want to see up go up a little Dirk bit. Never misses, but Dirk is fantastic. Dirk is Dirk when is he ridiculous. The rock, rock. <laughs> You're waiting for that one. I was. I, had to. I, I was. I was wondering, do I our come boy, down the golden app? Yeah, do I do our, the red delicious or do dude, I? Dude, it's our boy, uh, our boy Paul Brogan from Paul us. Brogan. Tacoma, Washington. <laughs> Tacoma, Washington Community College, making the March Madness this 
year. Oh my love gosh. It. Link Lo- that in the description. Paul Rogan, I love it. Link that yeah. in the description. When he shoots like, the rock rock. <laughs> and, you know, we we expect Dirk Troll to kind of take us, not, not a big step back, hopefully, just a little one because they did bring in some more guys, some younger guys on that team. Did they? I mean, well, they did. They brought Barnes. in Harrison Barnes, but they lost Chandler Parsons. I, I don't think they lo- They brought in Andrew Bogut. Yeah. I, yeah. I, and I, they brought in Curry. The wrong one. Get the wrong Curry. one. I, I think it's still Dirk's Curry, team. Curry, Bogut, Harrison Barnes. It's, what more could you ask for? It's still Dirk's team. It's still Dirk's team. And I think I think that Dirk, I, I think if Dirk doesn't lose to an injury battle, I think Dirk will still be able to be effective because I, he hasn't proved us wrong otherwise. It's kind of like, you know, when is Tim Duncan going to stop being great? It, well, when Tim Duncan tries, he's not. He's still great. Yeah. You know, obviously he's retired now, but still. Uh, I think I think the guy who is falling, I think it's kind of the obvious one, is Chris Bosh, just because of the you know kind if you're of worries. You're you're not worth anything. Exactly. That's the answer. I, I I wish him all the best with his health issues, but if he can't be on the court, I can't put him in a top ten list. And when he is on the court, he's a top five power forward easily. I, I think you can make that argument, and Ricky has him in his top four. But the reason why Dave and I have him at seven, and I have him at nine, is because of that injuries. We don't know what he can do. So right now, he's has lowers expectations because he probably won't be playing the same minutes that he did last year. He's probably going to be eased into it, but that's and a thing can't where even stay on the court or can't even touch the court. It's also a thing of I look at it where like the whole Chris Bosh situation has it's all out of his hands too. Like I think bad. if it's up to him, he's playing. Without, he was playing in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah, playing yeah. in the playoffs, but it's one of those things where, like we talked about earlier in the podcast, it's a muddy situation overall. And I looked at everything, and I'm like, you know what? If he plays game one, that's where I put him. And, I mean, LaMarcus was the weird one to me because it's like, well, like I said, well, he's not that stretch, but he's good for not being it. Like, he's the best non-stretch four that we have. Well, in, stretching your mind is to the three-point line, yeah, right? Yeah, can stretch yeah. out to the three-pointer. But I mean, I mean Draymond can do it. Blake can do no, it. No, Blake is not a solid three-point shooter. Can can we can we get a percentage on can. Blake Griffin three-point? Can do it. That's no, what no. I'm Lamar- Blake, well, Blake tops Aldridge. out about twenty foot. Lamarcus Aldridge shot thirty-five percent in his last season in Portland. I mean, look. Let's be honest. It's just it just comes down to you have a predisposed hatred of Lamarcus Aldridge because he's on San Antonio because no, he didn't I, have to pull all the way on his see, shoulders. See, but I don't have a hatred for him. And last year. Blake shot 33% from three the yeah. year before it was 40. Yeah. And those were his best two seasons from three. But how many sh- threes did he shoot? On average, he was shooting, what is that? Mm, not a ton. Not a ton. Yeah. Not a ton, but it's like I looked at the percentage and I went, when you look at LaMarcus Aldridge, he shoots close to none. Where it's like he's. He knows where he's yeah, effective. And, and that's it. And it's one of those things of, it's like I mentioned earlier, some of those guys, it was hard to rank them because it's like. This MB this NBA that we're looking at now, the stretch four is so valuable. But you look at the highly specialized guys mm-hmm. like the Paul Millsap, like the Derek Favors, mm-hmm. who are dominant down low, and you just don't see. I, I don't see it as a as negative to hold them back. I think that's something that they've become so specialized that they excel so strongly at that they warrant double teams. They're pulling in yeah. extra guys, and they give that open look to somebody else. All right, real quick, Blake shot eighteen threes. Whoa. 18 threes and made a total, a total of six of them. LaMarcus Aldridge shot about, let's see, you know, around 11, didn't make a single one. But from inside that, that inside the three point line, he was, he has better percentages than Blake. So, I mean, Blake can hit a three, 
as he showed, but LaMarcus is better from stretching the floor, at least from an efficiency. It's kind of like when Bynum side. like was bored on the Lakers and he started jacking up threes before they just yanked him out of the game. Be like, what the fuck are you doing out here? Like, I feel like that's what Blake Griffin when he gets bored, he just jacks up the three. The thing, the thing with LaMarcus is 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 that we saw him in a diminished role when he was on Portland the, the season before. He shot forty six percent. From the uh, from field goal range and mm-hmm. put up twenty three three points, but last year in San Antonio we just saw his shot percentage go down. He went from shooting like nineteen field goals a game to fourteen point one, but his field goal percentage went up. He went from forty six to fifty one and yep. averaged less points just because of the less well, shots. And I think yeah. that's for me. I think that's why I had Blake ahead. Is I mean, it's because Lamarcus well, is a great specialist, no, and that's be- what Dave was well, kind of it's because going the, after. The points go down, rebound. They're around the same. They're a guy that. I mean, LaMarcus is in that diminished role, can still get you eight a game. Which is impressive considering the, the amount of bigs that San the Antonio only, is yeah. The only thing stat-wise that's different is Blake had about five assists a game, but that he plays on the Clippers. Yep. And LaMarcus had, what, a one and a half assists per game? But LaMarcus Aldridge isn't known as an assist guy. The, yeah. thing, the thing with Blake is he, he moves around the floor more, so maybe you want to say he's a stretch in that mm-hmm. sense where he, yeah. he does he does move around the floor more, but... You know, the reason why he has such a high efficiency is because you know he does he, he can shoot a little bit from outside the paint, but he makes his money driving to the hole and dunking on uh, dunking on fools. I mean, we know that we we know that Blake makes his money off the highlight plays. And the thing I want to mention with Blake is his team was better without him. His team was better without him in Los Angeles. You know, would would they you know kind of beat Portland if if he stayed healthy and Chris Paul uh, Chris Paul stayed healthy? I think so. But you know, if we look at when Chris uh, when uh, Blake Griffin was out. The, that Clippers team was fantastic without him. I mean, they won a heater, yeah. That, that, but I mean, Blake Griffin's—it's just athleticism. Raw uh, athleticism is mm-hmm. what allows him to excel in the NBA. And Lamarcus Aldridge is like a polished product already. Mm-hmm. And with Blake, I, I know he's been in the league for a lot of years, but I just still think that look, his—he's gonna fall off sooner because his game isn't as polished. He well, it is like Sean said. He runs around the court, so he's more involved with the passing game. He and Chris Paul have a great relationship, so that ball moves around them. That that wasn't Lamarcus's role. Lamarcus's role was to be in the low post and to be their scorer. Period. I want to bring some, that up though, because with Blake, it's more of he relies on his athleticism and guys like let's say you know Vince Carter. Vince Carter's been in the league for so long just because he was able to you know bring something outside of his athleticism into his game. I mean, he became a three points specialist in Dallas. With Blake Griffin, he doesn't really have that thing he can rely on outside of that athleticism. Or with Dirk, he didn't rely on his athleticism. That's why he's still in the top ten. After how many years, 18 years in the league, he has not been able to, re- he doesn't have to rely mm-hmm. on his athleticism. He's been a fantastic shooter. Which with is Blake, good because he's not athletic. Yeah, with Blake, I think <laughs> I, I think we're going to see, you know, with Blake, we're going to see a, a definitely quicker degeneration from him. And with a guy like Marcus Aldridge, Marcus Aldridge isn't going to lose that ability to shoot, isn't going to lose that ability to score inside. Can I throw a question out about of a course. young kid that we have yet to talk about? Yes. The guy we have at 10, Porzingis. This is the question I'm asking. Porzingis. Here's the thing I'm asking. I had him the lowest. Well, here's yeah. what I want to ask. If when we do these rankings next year, put yourself a year from right now, where do you think he is going into? Number one. No, I'm well, just going to ask. It's like, where, come on, it's hard to say a year from now. Well, I don't that's know what how, I'm saying. Well, look, what they've is got he this gonna... crazy stacked team of old guys who were really good a couple years ago. dream team. Yes. So <laughs> I don't know how he fits in there. That's a that's a weird thing. Like, Derrick Rose like still wants seven, to be the guy. Six, like, no, Derrick Rose thing. still wants to be the guy. Carmelo still is the guy. And they bring in more guys. Joe. Don't forget Joe. Joe's useless. He'll pass the ball. He'll pass the ball and get your rebounds. He don't don't make him do his two handed shot and he looks like a freaking <laughs> idiot out there. Like no, but look, he 
he is a very good player. He came out and surprised a lot of people. Not me, because I called that shit before it happened. <laughs> but you and Phil Jackson. Me and Phil Jackson. We both know it. Well, Phil was a three-year timeline. No, yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't having that. <laughs> three-year timeline. Look, he's sixth. Gonna get, he's gonna get more minutes. He's gonna get more uh, opportunities. But I don't know if. He's really going to have the best chance because that team is not set up to work around him. Did you just throw out yeah, a six. number? He's okay. going to be at six. Uh, Chris Bosh is. I, I think his injury. If we're if we're playing, you know, looking at a crystal ball, uh, I think he'll be above Dirk just because you know he's younger and be able to move around the court at, what, more, better than Dirk. And I think you know Dirk will have a better efficiency rating, but you know yep. Perzingis will still be able to ability to shoot. K Love will be in a diminished role, or K Love won't be on the Cavs. Uh, Millsap and, will probably fall. And uh, yeah, I was gonna say I, I think you actually said I was thinking Derek Favors just because uh, Porzingis will bring that ability to shoot from outside where Favors is more of a specialist and how good Favors is on the inside I don't think he'll be able to catch up with Porzingis and Porzingis also pretty good damn damn good rim protector he is, as, he as is. well so oh, I, I, I mean, think it helps that you're over seven foot yeah I think I think I think that I think he'll be in in six pushing down Favors and being behind Millsap Griffin Aldridge mm. Green and Davis I got, I got Millsap falling a little further I just think it's team role and age I mean it's yeah. just it, it, it will happen over time. Mm-hmm. I, I love the dude, but he's a beast. He is a beast down low, but still. Yeah, we still can't happen. We, we kind of saw a, a rejuvenation of his career, so I, I think we'll stay in that. Uh, real quick, before we get into that, were you kind of switching on AD or and Draymond, or was it AD all the way? It was AD all the way. And why is that? I just, to me, he... Because we've been waiting for AD to become a top five player in the NBA, and he hasn't been able to do that. And Draymond Green had 13 triple-doubles, and some people might say that's because of the system, and I had AD number one. I'm not trying to say that he shouldn't be, but I, I was kind of like, well, I mean, Draymond has been... I would lie if I, I would lie if I said the thought didn't come into my brain yeah. for a millisecond, but when I looked at it, it's like, you know what? AD's the guy where if I'm going to... You're telling me, Ricky, you uh, you can pick one big, one guy for your front court. Who's the guy you're picking? Eighty, and I'm like, boom, he's my number one. Yeah, it's it's not really more of who. It, it's kind of like the Clay and James Harden decision. It's not like what guy would you rather start your franchise with. It's what guy who would you rather have on your, t- your championship team. AD, I would rather start a franchise with him over over Draymond Green, but Draymond Green, I mean, in the position he is, he is the best in the league, and that's that's the thing that kind of kind of kind of was I was flipping on, and, and not really flipping on. I mean, Draymond's known as a top two defender, but he can because he's so versatile. But here's another thing: put AD on any other team, still AD. Put Draymond Green on any other team. I don't know if Draymond Green is still Draymond Green, and good, that may be good the war- that may that's be the fair. warrior effect. That's fair. It really that may be, be it. I mean, uh, we saw what a lot a lot of people when they're not in the right system, they lose they lose they lose a lot of their luster, and that was like watching Dwight Howard go to L.A. Like he didn't have four outside shooters in the game dependent on him rocking the paint. No, he had Kobe, he had Gasol, he had all these other guys there who were just not there to support him solely. So his game faltered because of it, and I think that's the same thing with um, Draymond Green. Mm-hmm. Lesser effect because Draymond's never been the spot of his team, like the star of his team. But if he doesn't have the opportunity mm-hmm. to pass open for those three-pointers who are shooting out of their freaking minds, he probably doesn't have as many assists as he has today. He probably doesn't have any many rebounds because they're not jacking up threes for long rebounds either. Well, and, I mean, I'll be honest. One of the things I probably looked at stat-wise per? is I went, no, not that's per. That's what I did, per. Is I just went down. and said, you know what, 24 and 10. And then I looked at Draymond, yeah, 14 and 9. But then when I look at it now... It's the team that Draymond, like, if he doesn't have Clay, Steph, Barnes, that whole team, maybe he does have a few more points if a Clay's not there. Yeah, he definitely would have some more points, but 
I don't think that given the same chance, I, I feel like AD is just a more dominant player, mm-hmm. all-around better player. Number one draft pick for a reason, baby. Real quick, will this be the season that Anthony Davis becomes MVP? Nope. God, I I would love. I or wouldn't challenge it. it. I wouldn't challenge mind for it. it. Nope. I wouldn't Not even mind top three. It. Why is that? He's just he's never gonna do it because never, never. And it's true. I'll say I'll just say never. Really, he's gonna be continually outshadowed by someone who's better than him. Period. You don't think he'll ever be in a position where he, he moves wins? from New Orleans? No, well, he may move from New Orleans. I don't. I don't actually know the future. Well, on that, I'm just. But I don't think he was a situation where he's in, in a top. I don't think he's ever team. the best player in the league. Really? Yep. You don't think that Fairly his ability confident. to stretch the floor, be a dominant defender, and score in the post? You don't well, think that's ever? Well, I mean, be if I'm looking for this next season right now, I'm looking yeah. into my crystal ball. My MVP kind of prediction finishing in no particular order with the first two could it be either or. Steph and LeBron are going to be in that top two. Then you got Russ on a solo team. Russ or a fucking James, James Harden. Harden KD, I don't know why you guys are KD, KD. Or that third one, that's the one where I'm thinking in my head. I'm like, There's who's five guys who can third? fit that role, and then there's Anthony Davis at the end of that. I would even, I would say Damian Lillard has a better shot to get into the top three MVP voting. You want to know why? Because this game's not sexy. It's a guard-driven league. Ah, it, it is It is a flashy-driven league, but still. I mean, when you're the best at something, I mean... It, but he's not the best. That's the thing. He's wh- not the best player in the league. Do, he's not the best player in the league, but would you say he's the best big man in the league? It's hard to say because Cat's right on his fucking heels. Cat <laughs> is on his a rookie. Heels, but, but I would say DeMarcus Cousins is better than Cat. Oh, yeah. B- Boogie just... But everybody hates Boogie. I mean, that's not I'm fair. I'm just saying. There's, there's. I'm waiting for Anthony Davis to step up. I'm pretty up. sure Boogie just the drops, la- drops down. The last two, power so. forward... Well, the last po- technical power forward I was to a win big it. Man. Big man. Yeah, the last power forward to win the MVP. Oh six, oh seven. Who was it? Do you know? Tim Duncan. No, no, close. We talked about him maybe five minutes ago. Just say it. Dirk Nowitzki. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. But to me, it's like Before is he technically true? Tim Duncan true? in 02. Uh, Yeah. No, Kevin Garnett. I would even throw oh, Garnett. Oh yeah, KG. There. I'm sorry. Oh three, oh four. But then right then, but, Duncan, but, Duncan, before. But look at that. I mean, Shaq was the last center to win but, but, it. True center. But the game has changed. But, it, it went from dominant bigs mm-hmm. to how athletic of a guard can you be? But the thing or with even a- just LeBron James being mm-hmm. Jesus. With the thing with Anthony Davis is, you know, KD, KG was a fantastic defender. Anthony Davis can fit that. KG was fantastic driving to the basket and, and kind of stretching the floor a little bit. AD can do that. Dirk, known for his shooting. AD has been able to show that he can shoot a little bit and and he can dominate in the post. Oh, yeah. Dirk was able to do that. I think if AD's on a team and he's he is the I, I definitely think AD can be the star of the team. He already is a star of a team, but I think he 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 just needs to lead that team into the playoffs. I think he'll be he'll be there. I just want to see. Yeah, it. I mean, the last I, think years. Curry, I think Curry and LeBron got him beat. Oh, not this year. I'm not saying this year. I'm not saying this year. Curry, even like I mean, for LeBron, it's the timeline shorter because eventually LeBron's going to retire. You like but, to think so, wouldn't you? But it's <laughs> your nightmares never going to end. As a member of the East family, we'd all like to believe LeBron will leave us someday. But then LeBron James Jr. will happen. Yeah, LeBron mm-hmm. James, and the Jr. shadow of the Jameses will never end. <laughs> the Jameses, I love it. Um, but yeah, it's just it's a different game. Like I look back at just before the two thousands, get Carl Malone, Hakeem Olajuwon, David Robinson Games changed. It's all different. Moses Malone, if we're going back to the 80s. You look ever since 2000, yeah, it kind of had Duncan Garnett, but after 04, Nash, Nash, Kobe, LeBron, Derrick Rose, KD, Steph you Curry. You skipped down like four LeBrons won. in between there. Oh, well, <laughs> also, you know, Sha- you got to say once because he won it a few years. Shaq won't have that uh, Steve Nash talk. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Steve Nash. Well, it earning sh- that. It should have been two Shaqs. I forgot about that. All right. Maybe after 0. 
Ever since I graduated from high school, let's put it that way. All right, let's wrap this up. It was a, it was a good talk. Uh, if you disagree with any of our power forward rankings, tell us in the comments below because we know you will. Uh, also, you can follow us on Twitter at MostViolPod and tweet us at that way. But if you're listening on Blog Talk Radio, thank you so much for listening and check us out. If you're listening on SoundCloud, don't forget October 1st, we are moving officially to Blog Talk Radio exclusively. So don't forget to check out blogtalkradio.com slash Podcast. Also, if you're listening and love this content and you want to support us more, check out patreon.com slash Podcast. You can help us support us in a huge, way and we would appreciate it a ton but again our social medias are in the description below that's going to wrap it up join us next week as we rank the top 30 centers in the nba thank you so much for joining us for dave ricky i'm sean and we'll see you next week thank you for listening to this mvp podcast follow us on twitter at most valuable pod for more great podcasts